Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So, tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week was a very special week. It is the Pirate Legend Week. We found out some amazing news this week, and I hope you're up to date with your podcast, because if you missed out on the little mini episode that I put out, then I am very sorry, because not only did you possibly miss out on getting a silver eye patch if you're a pirate legend, but there was a lot of golden glory to be had this week, especially for Athena Loot. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the new voyage that's coming out on the 21st and a whole bunch of other stuff that's coming this week. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons who are supporting me and getting me to SOT Fest this year. So thank you to all of you. If you want to do so, you can also head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast. Uh, there is a, a two tiers that I, I usually shoot for. It's either the five or the 10 tier. The 10 tier gets you access to the Gold Hoarder channel in the Discord where we have conversations and discussions. They're also invited uh, at the end of the month to be able to jump into the community episode where I usually have anyone that is available they jump on they can chat with us uh, we have a discussion about sea of thieves at the end of each month it's not a a reward that is is specifically uh put in there they're mostly just getting access to the discord and getting the ad-free version uh but the the five dollar tier gets you at least the the ad-free version and stuff as, as well the support is mostly just to help me out with uh paying for content paying for uh, equipment helping me get um a merchandise or helping me get out to places to meet people it's something that is just kind of helping support me in general so if you like this content and you want to support that's a great way to do it these are the people that are supporting me and i appreciate the heck out of them for that so thank you to people's republic l cute slum captain hasco chateau Neuf, cloud cosmic johnson el jefe esteban davram tv fergatron trickster jabaro 5 kazia the rogue king flameheart lumpy srq okarian darth dub dub goose uh okarian darth i always mess that up i'm sorry dude uh evil morpheus xbox mike 29 Munchie, Registella, Norwegian, Skinny Matt, Scum Melt 666, Strange Stan, Tarnished Film, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Uriel Canes, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Murphy Lives, Neon, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me. It's something that I never anticipated. And I love just the fact that you guys love uh, helping support this podcast. So thank you so much. Uh, with that, let's get into the episode. So we got some crazy news this week. Uh, apparently, it is Pirate Legend Week. And the reason for it is because as of March 31st, 2022, since the game's launch, March 20th, 2018, the game now has 1 million Pirate Legends, a number that I thought we would have crossed forever ago. Given how people talk about this game and how they say how good they are or how much they, time they spent on the on the seas and stuff, uh, the, the fact that we're only at 1 million Pirate Legends 
legends is crazy to me uh, but i guess it really does kind of speak to the fact that this is a very casual game for most players um, most people usually play a, a, a much different type of game and this is one of those few where i'm just kind of like wow really th th there's only one million pirate legends that seems crazy to be that i'm i'm one of the few that are in there that are only one million um so kind of surprised by that uh even more interesting as we found out that out of the 25 million sailors uh that have played um that under five percent of them are are in there as a result of uh since october 21st let's see what does it say although more than 25 million sailors have set sail on the sea of thieves by october 2021 under four percent of them have been uh inducted into the hollowed ranks of athena's fortune which means that there's you know you have the the um one million or, or one twenty-fifth of the player base has been there but uh that's just it seems crazy that 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 there hasn't been more so let's let's dive into some of these uh some of these statistics because i think this is kind of crazy uh they the article that they put out actually says uh let's first consider the time it takes to reach pirate legend on average most players hit this legendary milestone after around 192 hours of hard graft obviously there are many pirates who pride themselves on how quickly they can hit pirate legend while others like to take the approach that it's a marathon not a sprint so far the longest recorded journey to pirate legend took one shield corsair 2664 hours that's crazy that's uh that's a 111 days um which is just it's, it's so crazy to think about how long that takes uh it was kind of cool to see um hitbot c is uh working on a new pirate and they are actually working on a uh, pirate legend and to see like how fast it can get done um i know i've seen fox die and a couple other streamers who got it done in uh around 24 hours close to that so they go on to talk about some of the other stats that i thought was kind of interesting so uh in terms of how many players spend those roughly 192 hours on their way to pirate legend most take the conventional route of raising their reputation with the gold hoarders order of souls and merchant alliance that's what i did of course those were the only ones that were available at the time when that happened uh, a single pirate managed to do it by leveling up their reputation with the sea dogs now defunct uh, the hunter's call and the reaper's bones um which is kind of crazy that they decided to actually purposefully not do it through the gold hoarder order of souls and merchant alliance which i don't blame them given that sea dogs are a really good way to to learn how to fight and the reaper's bones was a good place to turn in everything regardless of what it was so it seemed like that was kind of like the way to go um, and a lot of other people are a lot more passive about uh, their play style some players also managed to raise uh, their trade company rep without even doing a single voyage um, I, I wanted I wish I could understand this because I know um, like Dr. Bullhammer a friend of the show and friend of myself he he has never uh, purchased a voyage and that's kind of his his claim to his pirate is he's never actually had to purchase a voyage he's completed them but he's never he's never purposefully purpose or purchased one um, but i'm wondering if this is regardless of of actually a voyage in general like they've just gone and found treasure whether it be at a fort or uh, you know a world event and gotten to pirate legend that way uh i'm kind of interested to find out some more about this it says um 
If you plan to follow the more well-worn path to pirate legend, uh, it tends to take pirates an average of 90 voyages alongside their other day-to-day -day buccaneering activity to do so, which is kind of crazy. 90 voyages is a lot. Um, let's see. So how about the lonely sloop captains who shun the camaraderie, camaraderie of their fellow sailors? Well, it turns out they're an elusive as they are antisocial. As of only 50 pirate legends have made the climb entirely solo. 50 pirate legends out of a million. Uh, on the flip side, 2001 of the pirate legends have never sailed without a companion, which is crazy to think that there's uh, out of the million pirate legends that there are, uh, 50 of those have never sailed with someone and 2001 of them have never sailed without someone. Um, what's really interesting about this is the number of unique companions that pirate legends have. And they say that seven is the lucky average of players that you have so if you've if you've reached pirate legend there's a good chance that the average number of players that you played with while working towards pirate legend was seven different people um, so it seems like we all have less than about 10 people on average as we're as we were working towards pirate legend which is a really interesting idea to think about uh, let's dig into some of these other numbers here. Uh, you're naturally going to cross blades and blunderbusses with enemy pirates during your long and winding road to pirate legend, and players vanquished an average of 76 other pirates in doing so. Their own kill-to-death ratio is ever, is ever so slightly in their favor, with players making around 74 trips to the Ferry of the Damned on their journey. So it's kind of funny of the million uh it seems like an average of of people are, are actually about a one-to-one -one ratio for how many times they've died versus how many times they've killed someone uh sparing a thought for one very persistent pirate legend who died a grand total of six thousand two hundred and nine times before achieving those purple and green stripes which God, man i think i would have quit the game if that was the case uh, there's also one pirate legend who seems to be moonlighting as a butcher, racking up 10,751 kills on their climb to heights as a pirate fame. That right there actually speaks to what I would say is like a true pirate legend. But I would also willing to bet that they're probably a PC player and they were probably a streamer. Um, well, we're equal parts impressed and terrified. To balance out the bloodshed, there is a contingent of pacifist pirates who chose peace over violence with seven, 78,411 sailors not slaying a single one of their fellow freebooters before becoming legends, which that seems... Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute that to Alliance servers if I'm being if I'm being brutally honest here. I, I'm gonna say that there's a good chance that there's a, a contingent of people who are not killing each other, and the only way that that would possibly happen is if they run all the time, which is very very plausible, but probably a small number. But I would be willing to bet that most of those are actually Alliance servers. Uh, so kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Also congratulating to all the pirates who remained alive and kicking while striving to become pirate legend. 53,955 of them dodged a visit to the Ferry of the Damned and and long may they stay uh, hale and hearty. Oh, okay. So basically 500 or you know, 53,000, oh, 54,000 of the pirates never died, which is crazy to think about.
Uh, finally, how about the truly devoted Corsairs, they say. Uh, those who have reached the pinnacle of pirate legend and apex of Athena's fortune, the tippest of tops in nautical world, only 30,908 people have reached that shining peak of rank 20 with Athena's fortune, making it an exclusive club within an exclusive club. We hope those 30,908 are ready to go again when the Athena's fortune level cap is raised to 30 later this season. Which is crazy if you think about what is the percentage of players out of 25 million that these 30,000 are. And if you take a look at the percent, if I did the math right, I could have totally done the math wrong. 30,000 out of 25 million is 0.03% of the player base has hit Athena 20. Which is interesting to think about when the game first came out. By the time I hit Pirate Legend, which was July, late July of 2018, it would have been sooner had I had, had internet for a couple weeks there. Um, but when I hit Pirate Legend and the game had just come out, only 0.03% of the player base had actually been Pirate Legend. So in the three years since, there are now only that same percentage that have actually made it to rank 20 in uh, Athena's Fortune, which was really surprising given that this week we actually got in a Golden Glory weekend, but the weekend was Golden Glory for Pirate Legends only, which was really surprising. And I did not expect that. Um, and I kind of wonder if this is something that may actually be something they do in the future for different trade companies, uh, which I actually kind of like, but also dislike. Um, and, I, and I'll kind of dig into a little bit about why, but um, the Golden Glory weekend that happened this week was, was kind of interesting. Uh, it kicked off um, on the 8th. And it went until the, actually, I think it's still going technically, uh, the April 11th, um, by the time I'm recording this, I'm recording this on the 10th, uh, late on the 10th. Uh, but the the Pirate Legends Athena Fortune, Fortune reputation was doubled. So anything that you handed in uh, to Athena's Fortune had double gold and double reputation for the mysterious stranger. Um, and a lot of folks managed to not only hit Pirate Legend, but a lot of them actually managed to get up to uh, Athena uh, fortune 20 uh, this weekend as a result and if you logged in on april 8th through the 11th um, you received the silver eye patch uh, which was the silver legendary eye patch this was something that um, gloria actually uh, wore when gloria the mysterious stranger uh, was still one of the mysterious strangers in sea of thieves she actually had this uh, which was kind of cool to see. Thanks to Falcor for remembering that. I totally forgot about it. Um, but we got the Silvered Legendary Eye Patch, which is also part of the other set of legendary uh, silvered items that we've seen in the past. I think the first year uh, there was a, a bunch of rewards for players who had hit Pirate Legend prior to the first year anniversary. Uh, many of those items were silvered uh, legendary items and I, I do like that set I think that set would be interesting to kind of see that come full circle I think that honestly I'll get a little bit into the the, the reasons why later in the episode when we talk about uh, Legend of the Veil um, that'll be a little more spoilery too so I'll probably uh, let you know when we start talking about that it's going to dive into the next Pirate Legend Voyage stuff and some of you may not want to listen to that if you don't want to get spoiled on some of the, the details about that if you want to go in blind uh, when it launches on April 21st but Overall, I gotta say, I'm I really genuinely thought that we would have more legends and more Athena twenties out there. 
Um, cause I, I back before we had, you know, we had just had like the first three major updates and then shrouded spoils and the, around shrouded spoils was the time that I hit Athena 20 and I got my hat cause that was the, that was the goal for everyone. You know, everyone wanted to get the hat for Athena 20 cause it was the, the, the most flamboyant thing in the game. Um, you know, everyone had their pirate legend outfit. And then eventually as they worked through Athena, they got their ghostly garb and their ghostly garb was like, dude, that was the thing that was sought after, man. Like if you wanted that, that was the thing that you worked on. Eventually it, that turned into the dark adventure set, uh, which I think a lot of people were working towards, but that, that is like a gold reward for that. There's no, there's no level. There's no, um, uh, reputation linked to that, that outside of just being a pirate legend. Uh, so when you, when you hit Athena 20, man, that was like when you got your hat and everyone, everyone wanted to wear their hat because it was the first glowy thing in the game. And it was, you know, obviously we've had tons of glowy stuff in the game since then, but it was really like the pinnacle of piracy. You know, anyone that had their, their, their glowy, you know, their glowy outfit, they were the glowy boys. They were the, the sweats. Now the sweats are hard to tell because everyone seems to be playing and everyone has kind of learned the tricks and, you know, you've got everyone that's kind of scienced out everything about the seas, but that first year, everything was still pretty fresh and new, you know, if you, unless you'd played, you know, a bunch of hours in that first year, uh, there was a good chance that the advantage you had was just purely knowledge, not based on any kind of, uh, you know, technical advantage as far as like PC to Xbox. Everyone was still trying to figure stuff out there and the tools weren't really in place for you to be able to take advantage of stuff, uh, like with blunder bombs or cursed bombs, things like that. Well, I guess we did have cursed bombs, um, Enshrouded spoils, I think, is when those came, or maybe it was Forsaken Shores. Might have been Forsaken Shores. It's all a big blur at this point. It's hard to remember. The runes and things. Some of the other interesting thing that came as a result of this week was the uh, Pirate Legend or the Athena's Fortune fireworks that were being given out by the Merchant Alliance, as well as uh, just having April 10th, which was today, be a standard day for Golden Glory, um, where we had. The 8th, the 9th, and then the 10th, and then the 11th is going to be a, a regular day. But of the weekend, uh, pretty much everything was uh, double gold and double reputation for Athena's fortune. And then Sunday ended up being just a regular Golden Glory Day. So it was kind of cool to have like... You know, one where everyone was kind of focused, like everyone was focusing on Athena's fortune, man. Like everyone took advantage of this. People were were pulling out their gilded voyages for it. Uh, people were were um, jumping on to do Thieves Haven runs. People were out in the roar doing Athena's Haven or, you know, uh, Athena's fortune out in the roar. Everyone, everyone was out and about doing Athena's fortune. And then today felt a little more normal, felt like a little more like everyone is still kind of doing stuff, but uh, a surprising amount of players were out and about and they were actually kind of just working together. I was really kind of uh, surprised by this. It seemed like a lot of people were doing alliances. Everyone was kind of uh, bolstered by the idea of working towards that Athena's fortune thing. And I think this was this was twofold. Uh, the first reason I think is because it's golden glory and everyone wants to do whatever's going to be the best during golden glory. 
And if you have Golden Glory, but the Golden Glory is only for Athena's Fortune, then it doesn't really benefit you to be a Reaper because the Reaper, for all intents and purposes, any other day would, uh, any other Golden Glory would have given you double gold, double reputation for the, uh, for the Reaper's Bones um, for Golden Glory. And that's kind of like the main thing that most people run when it's Golden Glory weekend. But when it's specifically for Athena's Fortune, then it kind of puts a twist on things. Then it says, hey, you know what? This isn't actually something where it's going to benefit the po the people who are running uh, Reaper's Bones. It's going to actually benefit the people who are running Athena's Fortune. And the idea, I think, here actually sticks pretty well in the sense that the people that are going to log on to do this if they focus this on different trade companies for different Golden Glory weekends, this could be a really good way to kind of cater and hone in on focusing people to do stuff that they may not like. And the reason for it is because if it's Merchant Alliance, then more people might actually focus on Merchant Alliance and it might be more beneficial to go do Merchant Alliance. Uh, and in which case, if you sink another ship that has Merchant Alliance, then it may boon you because you know they're working on Merchant Alliance. Um, and it just, it kind of makes a little more sense, you know, if you focus on that. The, the other side of the coin here is if you focus on just one trade company for Gold and Glory, then you run the risk of losing engagement with the game because if we take Merchant Alliance, which is typically the one most people don't like to do, if you make that Gold and Glory weekend, then they may decide to take that weekend off. It may not be quite as worth it for them to log on during that weekend because they just don't like doing Merchant Alliance stuff. Now, I think part of that is ha having to do with the types of voyages that Merchant uh, Alliance work on. I think if they kind of go back to the drawing board with commodities and they actually like bump those up a little bit more, bring those back up more in line with what the, the value of those were before they got nerfed into the ground and disregard kind of the player feedback, uh, then, you know, people would, would drop the gold vaults. They would stop doing vaults for a little bit. They would stop... Uh, grinding out Fort of Fortunes, or, or not Fort of Fortunes, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the um, Fort of the Damned. They would stop grinding Fort of the Damned and they'd run around and they'd start doing commodities again. Uh, and, and I think there's got to be something that Rare can do to, to really make Merchant Alliance worth it, whether the animals be the thing that they that they take a look at and they're like, all right, let's bump the value of the merch, of the animals so high that it's almost impossible for people to ignore wanting to go do those and, and and make it interesting you know make it make it worth people's time because it definitely looks like there's a possibility here that would really really benefit the game if you started to cycle and it, this is not something that is uncommon too if you look at uh destiny destiny does a great job of focusing on doubling the rewards for different aspects of the game. One weekend, it's going to be Iron Banner. The next weekend, it's going to be Trials. The weekend after that, it's going to be double Vanguard rewards. The weekend after that is going to be double uh, Gambit rewards. The weekend after that is going to be double Crucible rewards. They cycle in all of their content and give double rewards on a regular basis so that 
Yeah, you may not play Crucible that often. You know, you may like Mayhem or something like that, where it's just crazy, chaotic stuff going on all the time. But definitely during the weekend, if it's double rewards for Crucible, you might spend more time jumping in there. Or, you know, if you've got a team of uh, Guardians who are really good at running strikes and it's Vanguard weekend, what a perfect way to, to grind out your uh, streaks and get those uh, ornaments for your weapons, you know, stuff like that. So... It's something that I think Rare feel. I feel like Rare has finally listened to to the stuff I've been saying about how they need to introduce uh, story through the season, throughout the season, instead of just dumping it all at the start of the season. They need to have seasonal content stretched throughout with the story, so that there's uh, engagement on a week to week basis, if possible. Um, so that they can actually kind of, you know, keep players engaged during that time. I think the adventures and mysteries are going to do a really good job of that. If they can kind of nail down what's good about those uh, events and then kind of let people um, let people test it out and then kind of give their feedback. Uh, and I, I still think that the RNG of those is, is still bad. Don't do RNG for time limited events like this. It, it makes people feel terrible uh, when they can't get the one thing they want because of RNGesus, which I don't know if I've ever explained what RNG is, but if you don't know, maybe you don't, you, you probably do. But if you don't know, RNG just stands for random number generator. And it's basically just a coding way of saying the probability of something happening is uh, based on RNG. And that's kind of where all the, the Megalodon stuff comes from, is, is that the percentage of a shrouded ghost appearing is so low that uh, they had to they, they have to make an adventure where you actually see one just to say that it exists and then change the verbiage on the actual commendations to a chance encounter so that the people that do actually get the shrouded ghost title feel better about themselves for uh, having good luck. But overall, I would say that the week was uh, really great. I, I was really happy to see that not only did the game go on sale for half off, so it was available for like 20 bucks on, on the stores, either uh, Microsoft Studios or, or uh, Steam had it on sale. In fact, I think Steam actually has an Xbox publisher sale going on right now that's just like any game that you want that you don't want to buy through Microsoft or, or use through Game Pass is on sale right now, which is kind of amazing. Uh, but just the idea of having focused... Uh, trade company Golden Glory Weekends would be a great way for you to really kind of drill into some of the, the folks that are working on commendations but don't really have a drive to do them but do want to actually get them done. So if you had a uh, Golden Glory Weekend for fishing and you wanted to have uh, players, you know, work on those commendations, you'd see a lot more players during that weekend that have wanted to do that, but haven't had a reason or, or uh, a, something that they could convince their crew to focus on to be able to go out there and start chasing storms to get stormfish, start going to forts to fish up battle kills, uh, start having more focus on certain things because that is is one of the the biggest troubles of sea of thieves i think is is having uh, a, a choice or, or um having having paralysis when it comes to uh, not sure what to do like um i can't remember the thing it is you're probably screaming at me right now for what it is but i can't remember what it is but it's um uh like like decision paralysis basically like you can't decide and you're you're paralyzed because you you don't know what to do and there's too much to possibly do so you just kind of left sitting there not sure what you should actually do we we do it all the time with streaming services you know you're looking through and you have no clue what you want to watch but there's so much to watch that you're just kind of thumbing through the menu for 20 minutes before you finally find something that you 
feel like would be good enough to actually watch. So I think if we had a Golden Glory weekend where it was focused on different trade companies that would try to help kind of focus in like where people could focus uh, what they want to do, especially, and, th and this is kind of a twofold thing. This is actually where it kind of benefits folks who are trying to focus on one or two uh, different emissary ledgers at a time. Like this weekend was probably really, really great for a lot of people who have had trouble getting uh, Athena's fortune emissaries done. Um, with it being Golden Glory, it was a lot easier to convince people to jump on Athena's fortune and do these Haven runs or um, Ash and Athena's uh, voyages than normally would have been the case if it hadn't been Golden Glory, because the only thing that they were making double gold on was the Athena treasure. And that that's kind of a fun thing to do. That's kind of a good way to be like, hey, you know, the thing that you guys never want us to do? Well, this is the only way we're going to get Golden Glory. We could go do normal voyages, but if you want to get the gold, which seems to be the, the, the draw for most folks, uh, then you really do have to kind of go in and focus on the Athena stuff for this weekend. And I'm, I'm here for that. I think I think there's pros to it. I think obviously there's a couple issues that might come up. Again, I talked about with the Emergent Alliance, uh, but there's fixes for that as well too. Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show all right let's sound the spoiler warning right now if you're listening beyond this then you don't care if you get spoiled with the legend of the veil voyage uh, i'm going to be breaking down the deep dive video that we got this week uh that was part of the celebration for the pirate legend week and uh, i'm going to be talking about what i found in the video i've not played it i have not played it um i can't wait to play it actually i can't wait to find out how replayable these are actually going to be and how good the knowledge of four years worth of playing Sea of Thieves uh, will be when it actually comes down to this. Um, so I sat down and watched the uh, video a couple times. It's about nine and a half minutes. It's really interesting to kind of see these deep dives. I love these deep dives, by the way. These are like my bread and butter. Uh, so thank you, Rare, for, for putting these out. And it was nice to see some new faces on the video as well, too. Some of the, the rest of the team actually coming in to kind of speak to some of the content that they were actually making. Um, but this is the first time Sea of Thieves has realistically updated uh, Athena's fortune. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about 
where the state of pirate legend status is right now before i get into the legend of the veil stuff because uh before we get into the 21st with this content uh, i kind of want to share some thoughts and some feelings on how i feel the pirate legend uh end game is right now and if that's what we want to call it so going into this right now if you're a pirate legend you have two options as far as voyages go you have the pirate legend voyage which comes in two varieties is the standard in the three seas and then you have the uh, ashen voyage which is just in the roar uh, and then you have the thieves haven run which could be considered an update to pirate legends um with the pirate legends uh, in the the stretch from uh, with the, with the actual voyages going from uh, Athena uh, one to Athena ten, you got the ghostly gear, and we've had a couple things added to that um, over the years. Like we've got the pirate legend cannon, we've got the pirate legend capstan, um, stuff like that to kind of fill out the rest of the pirate legend set. Uh, but most of those are tied to commendations, doing different things, and thieves haven runs, things like that, turning in certain items. Um, so thieves haven run is kind of a, an, an interesting anomaly because it's not something that's offered by Ramses. It's something that's offered by Lorena, which confuses me because I, I can't genuinely recall if Lorena will sell this to anyone, uh, whether they're a pirate legend or not. I don't believe that she can, but I've been pirate legend before this thing came into existence, so I don't have a way to check that. Um, I get, and, and, I, and I think nowadays you actually log into insiders and become a pirate legend with a new character. So I don't think there's even an opportunity to really check and see uh, if that's the case when you go into insiders. So the only way to realistically do this, if you if you already have a pirate, is to, to make a second account or delete your pirate, which I wouldn't recommend anyone do. It's just not worth it. Not for that kind of information. Find someone that's new to the game and ask them if you possibly can. Um, but I wanted to talk about Pirate Legends and uh, the Voyage system right now because this was a, a pretty good conversation that I had this weekend with uh, some folks from Kielhall, but with also with Davram on our voyage. If you don't know, we do we try to do uh, voyages each weekend on Saturday. We usually go from about 1 p.m. PST to about 5 or 6 p.m. PST, and then I usually get off for Destiny Raid after that if that's going on and they need me. Um, but Athena's Fortune. Athena's Fortune's been in the game since launch. Uh, the voyages have been available since launch, and the commendations have been there uh, since launch. Um, but for all intents and purposes, well, actually, I don't know if the, the commendations have been there. Commendations, I think, came in with Shrouded Spoils uh, when we got all of the different Megalodons, plus we had like the voyage counters and stuff like that. So uh, not everything came right at launch. Uh, at first, it was just purely the ranks. And the ranks are what you worked on to be able to unlock the ghostly gear, which I talked about earlier. Um, but if you want to be a pirate legend and you have this stuff and you're working on it, there's not really a whole lot that you can do to get Athena loot anymore. If you want to get Athena loot, then you can run an Athena's, uh, Athena's Fortune Voyage, which does give you an opportunity to get some stuff, uh, whether it be like the chalice or the little uh, baubles or some of the uh, skulls, things like that to be able to get it. Um, sometimes you can get some crates out of it. Uh, but for, for the most part, you're going to be running Order of Souls, Gold Hoarders, and Merchant Cargo for that till you get to the very last one which will give you the dig to be able to dig up the athena's chest and the thieves haven is kind of the opposite the thieves haven run uh has you set out to do um 
what is it? Uh, one on Thieves Haven, one somewhere else, one on Thieves Haven, one on somewhere else, and then one on Thieves Haven. So five different chapters uh, before you get the final chapter, I think, which is uh, the, or no, I think it is just the, the, the five. Um, and when you're going through those, you're just basically kind of doing digs and then doing a riddle and then doing digs and then doing a riddle and then doing digs which doesn't really, it's not something that I would really call a, a piratey legend type of thing, especially considering, you know, with Athena's fortune, it was devised around the idea of, of being the best of the best, knowing exactly what to do. When you're only being sent to a maximum of five islands at most for Thieves Haven runs, and it's only in one zone, it really doesn't really speak to what a pirate legend would have to know like they should know the entire world uh and i think that's something that is getting fixed with the legend of the veil voyages um so right now i think that, that if they wanted to fix uh pirate legend voyages because as i as i look at like many of the others many of the other trade companies uh gold hoarders have the vaults gold hoarders have uh the the x marks the spot maps and the riddle maps and those are kind of the main ones that you can get uh, as a gold hoarder order of souls you have the standard skeleton uh voyages but you also have the ghost fleets which is kind of a nice uh mix up for those different things Merchant Alliance has actually got a plethora of different things you can do. Uh, you've got the commendation crates, you've got the merchant uh, animal crates, and then you've got the lost shipments voyages. Um, so you can do just about whatever you want with those. Uh, and then with with Pirate Legend, you really only get the one the one main voyage if you're sick of doing Thieves Haven runs. And I, I wouldn't blame you for that because it gets repetitive and it gets boring after a while, which is why I, I'm not a huge fan of running gold vaults over and over and over again. Uh, so with those voyages, I think they need to shake things up. I think we need to have an overhaul on all of the different voyage types. Um, and this was something that I was talking to Dead Eye Dre about, one of the patrons, but also a great community member as well too. Um, and to kind of uh, to kind of say what I what what I said to him, if I could be king for a day, my wish would be to uh, have them remove the Thieves Haven runs from Lorena. Uh, put it in with Ramses, and then have one created for each of the different zones in Sea of Thieves. And I'm not just thinking the original three seas here. I actually think that it should be all four of the main regions. So the wilds, uh, the ancient isles, the shores of plenty, and the devil's roar. And you should have these Thieves Haven runs, the same kind of Thieves Haven runs, but uh, fewer gemstones and more Athena treasure or more randomized treasure as opposed to just straight mermaid gems. So that way you have something that's like Thieves Haven, but it'll take you to different islands in the different sections. So if you want to work on that, then you're not just stuck going down to Thieves Haven. And if you're trying to run Athena loot, you every every Reaper knows that if you, they see a, an Athena on the board and there's an emissary running between uh, Crook's Hollow, uh, Snake Island, uh, Devil's Ridge and Thieves Haven, that's an Athena boat, and that's where you that's where you can go get that emissary. You know, mix it up so that the Thieves Haven runs is uh, different for each of the different regions, and then put that with Ramses. Then they need to go and actually change the loot for the original voyages and reduce the number of maps. Because at this point, it's too long to do one of those voyages. Having uh, eight different maps 
where you have uh, two X marks of spots, two riddles, two order of souls, and two merchant cargo crates that give you then a final map to go dig up one Athena chest. It's just not worth doing. So I think they need to really take a look at that as well too. Uh, cut the maps in half so that there's only four. Make the, the voyage uh, something that is, is offering better loot for Athena stuff. Make the cargo crate something that you have to go find from uh, a pirate legend who felled in, in battle or something. You know, make those Athena cargo crates. Uh, make the trinkets something that you have to dig up uh, using the magic compass with the, uh, the, the gold vault. Uh, compass make them make them kind of look and find that and then get the athena treasure uh from the gold hoarder that way have you go up against uh stronger types of athena skeletons that are the captains or maybe even mix in like one or two of the skeleton lords so that uh when you kill them they actually drop the villainous or the the foul uh, athena skulls you know really kind of take that and theme it around what it is for the athena voyages you know make it all athena themed at that point so that way because i i never understood the mentality behind being a pirate legend and at the time being capped at level 50 and the athena's fortune voyage was giving you tons of treasure that was all for companies that you were maxed on reputation with and then one chest at the very end that if you didn't lose it would give you a slight boost in rep to the one rep that you had been working on for that three hour tour. So if I was a king for day, those are the two things that I would do on top of what we're getting with the Legend of Vale status. I think we needed to have uh, something akin to the Thieves Haven runs, but for each different uh, region. And we definitely need to uh, cut out a lot of the fluff in the uh, typical Pirate Legend voyage and change the loot up so that it actually reflects the basis of uh, what you're actually going for, which is the Athena loot. You know, you don't you don't spend two thirds of a of a, a X marks the spot map to get one chest. You know, you don't get a whole. You don't go and farm up a bunch of chickens and get those ready so that it, the the chickens can uh, peck away at a map to tell you where the treasure is. That's just not what Gold Hoarder is. You know, you don't go and uh, dig up a whole bunch of stuff to be able to summon a skeleton to get one skull for your order of souls voyage you know this it's it's counterintuitive to what uh the the idea of what the voyages are each voyage is a specific voyage for that trade company the pirate legend voyages is not that it's the antithesis of that it's it's essentially everything except for the one chest that you get at the end and if you're lucky you might get a couple pieces here and there throughout that voyage but for example uh, this weekend uh davram and i went out soloed in athena voyage out in the roar to to see what it was like to test it there was a galleon out there doing the same thing and we alliance with them uh and they ended up turning in more treasure than we did just due to the nature of them being able to get stuff done faster uh but overall we barely got any athena loot out of the entire voyage we got maybe we got no cargo crates for Athena at all, and we got maybe one or two items that were uh, like the chalices or the, the skulls before we finally got the keg in the Athena chest uh, at, at the end, or not even the, the keg, the keg's the Athena run. We didn't even get anything outside of that uh, for the final dig, and it was just really, really dumb to think about that, especially given that the weekend 
was Golden Glory for Athena's Fortune, and Athena's Fortune chests were selling for 50k at level 5, which you can't even get off of one main voyage. Like, you, you can't do a Devil's Roar Athena Fortune voyage, which takes somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three hours and you can't even hit grade five unless you were really really working on uh taking out megalodons um completing other voyages which you can't do because you can only have the one voyage down so if you don't kill megalodons you don't kill skeleton ships or krakens uh then you don't get the boost to um the the emissary value and you it's almost impossible to get grade five off of one voyage anymore and it's just it's a like you're looking at the numbers here and you're thinking there's only thirty thousand athena 20s out in the world out of the 25 million people it's like maybe there's a reason for that maybe it's because the voyages that you have right now aren't geared towards actually rewarding the players for the reputation they're trying to grind for this this reputation run you know to get this gear um so that's where i think legend of the veil is trying to fix and it's good because having a thousand or having one million pirate legends is not a big number and i'm hoping that with having more interesting voyages that are actually geared towards pirate legends and if these actually reward gear or, or uh, uh, give you give you treasure that's actually Athena treasure, then I think finally they will have understood the problem with Athena's uh, fortune. And that's essentially that to get Athena's fortune, you have to do a lot of work that doesn't reward you for being a pirate legend. It rewards you for uh, being diligent and in, in, in just sticking, or sticking it out. So... I'm I'm looking forward to this, but let's let's dive into this at this point. Um, if if you're still listening and you and you don't want spoilers for the Legend of the Veil voyages, drop out now. Come out after the 21st, or or uh, you know wait until you see it. I'm going to be covering uh, my thoughts on what's going on with it and what we've learned from the trailer. So so far, as I'm kind of going through the trailer, I'm. I'm excited, but I'm also trepidatious about this because there's a lot of stuff that looks really cool, uh, but I'm I'm watching a trailer, so it's it's kind of showing me the best bits, and I haven't I haven't seen this in practice. You know, when I watched Adventure Two, I was excited for it because I was I was looking forward to rescuing the prisoners uh, and getting into the sea fort some more. When it got into practice, I realized that there were some major flaws within that adventure that really hindered the experience of telling a story uh, through narrative in the game. So when it comes to this Legend of the Veil voyage, uh, they talk about this voyage being something that is infinitely replayable, much like the original voyages are for the trade companies, which is something that is accurate. You can do them infinitely, but it always comes down to if you want to do them infinitely and and that's always kind of the the big trade-off there is is this something that people are going to want to do on a regular basis and if so that's cool i do have some issue though and right off the bat the first thing that kind of smacks of something that that calls into question is that these are going to be something that is kind of set up in a narrative story um, and I'm always wearisome of, of, of doing something like this because it, it's kind of like tall tales. You know, when you do tall tales, you go into it for the first time, excited to finally reveal what the story is. And you want to uh, go in and find out what the, the adventure is and whatnot. Um, 
many people, my, myself included, feel like Tall Tales really hit its peak at uh, Heart of Fire for how many times you should be doing these. Most people who have done the original nine Tall Tales for Shores of Gold uh, and the Shroud Breaker uh, Tall Tales think that doing them five times in a row is too much. Five is a, a, a lot of times to have to try and do the exact same thing over and over and over again. So when I, I look at these and they say that the Legend of Vale voyages are going to be three chapters, the first two chapters are going to be modular that will be uh, changed up based on, on whichever one you throw down. And we'll kind of break down some of the different modules that you can expect going into these. And then the final one is going to be a big cinematic uh, uh, story point. Then I get a little concerned because if the last one is always the same thing, then you're going to run the risk of having something where people are kind of wary of doing the same thing over again. You know, when, you, when you've done a Fort of Fortune, you know what to expect. They were hard at first, but they're not hard all the time afterwards. Uh, so I wonder, like, is this something that people are going to want to do on a, on a consistent plate basis? Uh, is it something that's going to be better than the standard Pirate Legend Voyage or the Thieves Haven runs? Like, what is the payout for these uh, compared to a Thieves Haven runs? Even if people are sick of doing Thieves Haven runs, the payout is still relatively good and that's that's really what it tends to come down to for a lot of players they want to get the value for their time in the form of gold so with these voyages having three chapters is kind of cool because the first two are going to be modular and then the last one cinematic where you have this battle this battle is going to be the one where we saw in the trailer that actually has the big water spout with the lightning and all that stuff and i'm 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 excited to see it. I'm kind of bummed that this isn't just a new thing in the world that you have to worry about, like the storm. You know, for a long time, we've wanted to see water spouts out in the world. You know, the storm is cool and we, we love how the storm kind of ro roams around and sometimes it sucks when you're in one. Uh, but you, you always kind of think about, you know, what is your, your day going to be like, you know? As an example, uh, today I was doing a Fort of Fortune with some of the Keelhauled crew, and when we got done, we had the Mega Kegs, and we were trying to decide like how we were going to deal with the Mega Kegs, because we didn't want to blow them up. We wanted to get the Golden Glory value out of them. So we decided to put them on a rowboat, and we were going to row them to one of the outposts. Well, we're smack dab at Hidden Springs Keep between Sanctuary and Daggertooth. And the decision came up that we were going to go to Sanctuary. And the reason being, there was a storm over Daggertooth. If there's a storm over Daggertooth, there's a chance that lightning could strike me. And if I'm in the rowboat with the Mega Kegs, that's a lot of lost gold. So we were forced to go to the one closest outpost that actually uh, uh, took away an opportunity for us because of the storm. And that's something that I was really kind of hoping would come with these water spouts or this this um, twister, the tornado that they're calling it. I'm not sure why they're calling it a tornado and not a water spout. Maybe because it's over an actual fort as opposed to out in the water moving around. But that was kind of the thing that I wanted when when I when we were talking about water spouts was water spouts that would actually move in around, like having a mega storm uh, for certain days. You know, after four days, uh, a storm uh, comes in and 
turns into an actual like uh, hurricane and it's no longer just a normal storm but it's it's something that's even harder or scarier to deal with and if you if you thought being in a storm was hard try getting sucked into a into a hurricane uh, situation you know where the winds are, are are blowing your ship to and from and spinning your ship and, and causing havoc um that was kind of what I was hoping for when uh, I would think about water spouts. Um, so looking at this, I kept wondering, like, you know, what is it going to be like if you actually get into this thing? What if what happens if you sail into it and come to find out it's just something that's actually on top of an island? And it's not just an island that we're used to. It's one of these forts that are now going to be out in the world that kind of pop up what I imagine is popping up because uh, these are part of a voyage. So these aren't the normal fortresses based on the video uh, that we're used to. These aren't the sea forts. These are these are new things. And the in. <sighs> I feel like I'm, I'm judging this before I get an opportunity to actually go in it because I'm excited to go try it out, but I'm starting to see the, the, the kind of content that I've seen previously. And it's, it's the, uh, pirate's life, uh, content where you had to go around and you had to destroy the, uh, the giant siren statues and the siren statues were cool. They were benign and they didn't have any threat or bite to them. In fact, once you got to them, if you didn't do anything, Jack Sparrow would actually hop on a cannon and aimbot them down for you. So you didn't even really have to even take these out. Now, granted, these these aren't going to have uh, us accompanying by uh, we're not going to be accompanied by Jack Sparrow on these voyages. So, you know, we won't have him to take down these uh, these these forts and stuff. But at the very end, uh, you're going to come up across uh, a bunch of ghost fleets, as well as what looks to be three different encampments that come up around the actual uh, water spout. And then the water spout itself is going to be protecting a larger fortress that comes up. And I have so many questions about this fortress because they've talked about how they're reusing some of the destructible uh, engineering that they used for the giant mermaid statues on Tall Tale 5 for a pirate's life, the benign ones that you never sailed into because they were giant and huge and you could tell what was going on and you just didn't sail into the big red bubble. So if these things have some bite to them, if they fight back, if they shoot at you while you're dealing with uh, ghost ships uh, during a storm that is fighting the wheel and stuff like that, I could totally see that being a really, really tough encounter. It doesn't sound like something that you could really do solo though. So they kind of have to balance it for solo players as well. So they can't have the wheel spinning around while you're doing this um, and they can't have too dense of a, of a threat. Uh, otherwise, solo players are going to have a really hard time doing this so i wonder how that's going to balance itself how are they going to balance the threat uh versus the the ship type in this in these voyages once you're actually done with the little encampments uh and you you'd break those down uh, then you'll actually head over to the main little fortress once the tornado disappears and you'll actually shoot and fire and take that one down and they say that there's a, a hefty payout for these. Um, I'm really curious to know like what the payout's going to be like. Is it all going to be Athena treasure? Is it going to be new Athena treasure maybe? Um, how are we going to be able to do this? Uh, that's that's kind of the main thing that I want to know uh, as we go into these. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of this other stuff. So I'm going to pull out my notes here and, and kind of skim through these. Um, we're, we're getting into the legend of the veil. 
which is is going to be kind of talking about the the story that is going to continue in Adventure Three. And with Adventure Three, um, there's some interesting things. We we've already I haven't even gotten a chance to talk about this, so uh, I'll I'll talk about it after this. Hopefully, I'll remember. Um, the the first two chapters are going to be based on modular things to try and find the veil of ancients uh, or actually not to find it but to, to find the gemstones for the veil of ancients which is something we haven't found yet which will be coming at the end of adventure three uh, this is something that i think is is going to definitely be tied to uh, the shrouded ghost given the the recent change as of this patch to the commendations that speak to it being a chance to find the shrouded ghost as opposed to uh, killing the shrouded ghost. Um, this was something that some folks on on Twitter uncovered. Uh, the the they took images of the commendations before and after, and they changed the verbiage on this. So I definitely think that in Venture Three we're going to be finding and killing the uh, shrouded ghost, um, and then we're going to uh, ev eventually you know have the commendation set up so that um, if you find one during a chance encounter that will actually count towards the commendations for like shrouded spoils that we've had since 2018 but this is going to be one of those situations where we're hanging out with the pirate lord and he's going to be explaining to us the importance of finding these gemstones for the veil of the ancients uh we don't know what it is that is is going to have this veil of ancients be so important but essentially whoever controls the veil of ancients with its full fully powered form with the gemstones and everything will have control over the the actual uh, a pathway between the Sea of the Damned and the Sea of Thieves, the veil that, that separates our two realms. And based on this, um, we can see that one of the stones is being placed into a hole that is uh, on the mask. And on the opposite side of the mask, uh, there is another hole there. And there's a possible two holes at the bottom that could be filled. So one of the main things that I'm kind of wondering with this is how many gemstones are actually going to be for this mask? Because uh, with, uh, and this is another thing that kind of feels like it's it's taken from uh, previous content. In the original Tall Tales, we were given uh, the Shroud Breaker. And the Shroud Breaker goes in the same place that the Veil of Ma uh, Ancients mask goes. And we're finding gemstones for the Veil of Ancients, very similar to what we did with the Shroud Breaker. Uh, but each of the Tall Tales that we got in the first Tall Tale set were all geared towards taking around an hour to complete. And this was enough of an issue that people started getting checkpoints for these that they actually introduced checkpoints because players would get distracted or they would get interrupted during these tall tales and they would have have trouble going back and, and losing all of the progress in a tall tale for some reason and as a result they actually had to put checkpoints into the game to actually make it easier for folks to complete the tall tales so that already kind of speaks to the issue with these being too long. So with us going into this voyage, instantly, I'm already wondering how long are these three chapters intended to take? Are they intended to take an hour? If so, that's not too bad. If they're uh, intended to take two hours, that's kind of borderline. That's it's, uh, a tough thing to, to ask for most folks. If it goes anything over three hours, you're basically asking someone to spend 
the majority of their gaming day, and, and I'm speaking to the casual fan base here, not the people that can spend somewhere of uh, six to 10 hours playing a day. Um, those those folks are few and far between. Uh, they're the lucky number of people that just have no no family or, or no friends uh, who can who can afford to jump on that or sacrifice one of those few things or sleep to be able to play that much. So if, if we're looking for something that is going to be uh, easy to do within the time frame, then you run the risk of, of, is this something that people are going to be sick of because it's not enough of a challenge? If so, uh, what's the player base that you're catering towards? If these are for the pirate legends, who are the ultimate sweats, who there's only uh, 30,000 of for the, the, um, for the maxed out group. Uh, and, and it makes me wonder, you know, like, do you make these really hard? If so, do you, are you alienating the few people who've been dedicated enough to do this? Or are you giving them exactly what they're asking for? And I think there's always going to be an area of, of space in between them. But to kind of get back to the point, um, I'm worrying that if each of the tall tales that we had got you uh, uh, searching for the stones for the shroud breaker, and each of those took an hour, if this this is supposed to be something that you get multiple gemstones for. I realistically hope that these voyages are going to be simple. But the problem is, is that they've already talked about how these modular voyages are going to be different puzzles and that the puzzles are going to be geared towards pirate legends who should have a better knowledge of the world. So they talked about some of the modules being based off of combat or based off of puzzles. And they gave us a, an idea of what three of the different puzzles uh, around solving maps could be. And one of the big ones is a zoomed in map uh, that is an X marks the spot where you're only seeing part of the map as uh, in, in this given example, they showed a zoomed in view of Smuggler's Bay and when you go to dig up the gems, you actually dig up an ancient chest, which I'm actually happy to see back. Uh, I really love those chests. It was a bummer that you only got to see like one or two in the whole Tall Tales worth of, of content. Uh, so I'm glad we're getting those back. Those those were always my favorite to look at. Though Those in the Briggsy chest were, were definitely some of my favorite collector's chests. Um, but these ones I like because it, it shows... For pirates who are familiar with the maps, they've been staring at these things for years, looking at a zoomed in map, you should instantly know where that island is just based off of the landmarks. If you've been doing X marks the spot digs for a long period of time, then there's a good chance you won't have any trouble with these. Uh, and then the other side of it is just that you can actually zoom in on the map on, on the map table to actually see what's going on. And I do appreciate that. The other one is uh, looking at islands from a first person's perspective perspective and seeing like a marker on there. This one is definitely going to be a lot harder because of reused assets in the game. And hopefully they will have some good cues for you, whether it be like uh, uh, some of the paintings or something on the, the actual images to kind of give you an idea of like where this is going to be. Because I do see these going to be uh, are a bit tougher for folks to remember because we look at the islands all the time, but we don't necessarily memorize the silhouettes of different sections. Uh, but I do like that these are here. They're definitely going to be a good test for a lot of pirate legends. And the last one they talked about was what they call a lying map, where Suds is actually uh, kind of marked on the map of the full uh, island where the different ancients uh, paintings are. 
and one of those is going to be false. In this case, they showed Sharkbait Cove, where the very bottom had uh, an ancient lying down. That was not the case. It's actually something different down there. I, I don't know what it is, but I know that's that's definitely not one of the markings. Um, and with this, it's going to be up to the players to actually find out which of the different markings is actually not the correct marking and then dig in front of that marking. And this is kind of cool, but there's actually a good sheet for this. So if you're listening to this, uh, you're already okay with spoilers. So if you want to know if you get one of these and you're not sure which one's the false one and you don't want to take the time to actually run around to the different ones to figure it out, head over to raretheef.com. They have an interactable map and the map actually has images and locations of all of the ancient markings on each island in the world that is current because they've never changed them. So that's going to be a good resource for you if you don't remember where all of the different ancient markings are. One of the other things that they went into was the shipwreck graveyard. And this one was interesting because it's going to be multiple galleons all kind of tied together, uh, connected by debris, and they're going to have air vents in them so that you can kind of breathe underneath the water, similar to what they did with uh, the, the Pirate's Life Tall Tales 2 and 4, uh, where you'd have air bubbles coming out of uh, the, the wreckage and stuff, which I did like. Um, but this was interesting because this is kind of taking some of the secret compartments that we got with sea forts and adding them to ships so there's going to be one where it's a portrait and you slide the portrait open to reveal a window or you pull a bookshelf or a book uh, off of a bookshelf and it opens up another area or opens up a thing or you interact with a music box and the music box uh, lifts up and there's a key inside um, cabinets on on doors for uh, 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 what are the cabinets no no the doors on cabinets there we go sorry it's late uh, the doors on cabinets you can open up to reveal treasure inside and you can kind of go around to the different wrecks to find out what's inside of them and then kind of pull the stuff out or look for the key and then once you find the key in this case, I think it was the Grim Fortunes key. Uh, the key will actually unlock the captain's cabin, which will then have the gemstone inside of it. Uh, I love this. I think it's a, a really cool idea. Um, there's going to be a portion of the players who, much like with the shrines and the tributes, um, don't like this because it forces one person to stay on the top of the surface of the water on the ship as a lookout. And it removes them from the, the player base uh, that are actually engaging with the content. But that's always a risk. Um, you know, the, the seas are, are, are both the stuff below the water and both above the water. So there's going to be a risk involved with these. Um, you can choose to spend your whole time uh, swimming around, picking up every piece of item that you can from these shipwrecks. Or you could just hunt down the key. And once you get the key, get the gemstone and get out. It's totally up to you and the situation and what's going on. Uh, maybe the fog rolls in while you're doing this and the fog actually uh, 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 hides you from any threat and you can spend more time in there. It's hard to say. The last one that they showcased was Haunted Islands. Um, and these are ones where I'm, I'm kind of pro, kind of con on. Uh, they talked about these Haunted Islands um, being something where you're going to meet up with Belle. They're going to have the kind of uh, uh, fog aesthetic that is with like uh, Golden Sands right now. Um, and as you're wandering around these ghostly islands, these Haunted Islands, you'll meet up with Belle and she'll give you a ferryman's lantern uh, to reveal ancient braziers, which are statues 
with uh, lights on them. Once you light them, they will actually send out a pulse that will then uh, uh, awaken other braziers, and you'll have to kind of uh, follow along with the different statues till you get to the final one where you'll find a ritual. And once the ritual uh, is complete, it will then uh, summon the, the ancients. The ancients will have the gemstone that they will give to you after you deal with fighting a bunch of ghostly phantoms who I assume are working for the Reaper's Bones at this case. Uh, and this one is kind of interesting because it actually adds a bit more flair to what we typically have to deal with, which is just the normal encounters in the world. Which, if I'm being 100% honest, they really need to tweak the timings on this because it's it's almost impossible to get a minute's worth of time on an island without being instantly attacked by skeletons, uh, ocean crawlers, or phantoms. It's just, it's a real pain to have to deal with these things on a regular basis. So I'm hoping that they actually take a look at the timers and see if they can tweak those. Or better yet, just make them certain islands, you know, make make ocean crawlers only appeal, appear on certain islands, make phantoms appear on only certain islands, you know, do it the way that you do merchant uh, animals, you know, have have some islands be snakes and pigs and have some islands be ocean crawlers and phantoms. Uh, you know, you won't find any chickens on that, but you won't find any skeletons either, you know, just kind of mix things up so it's not so uh, frantic or, or having to deal with three different emergent types of an enemy on one island just because you've been there a while. The last thing that I think I'm going to touch on because of the video is talking about the rewards for this. Um, these, I, if I'm being 100% honest with myself, uh, the Ancients uh, livery set, the Ancients weapons, and the Ancients costumes that are going to be the rewards for hitting uh, Athena 20 to 30, which is going to be the new rate level cap for these, um, I'm not a fan. I, I don't like the the color scheme of them. I think the color scheme is uh, just very bland. It does not really pop. It doesn't really doesn't. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of tan or, or uh, I don't even know what this color is, but it's not a it's not an aesthetically pleasing color to my eyes. Uh, but we're getting the Veil of the Ancients livery set as rewards for going through Athena 20 to 30. Um, I think this was a mistake. I think this was definitely Emporium content that got pulled over to Adventure short notice. And as a result, I'm kind of bummed that I will not be looking forward to the grind from 20 to 30 for the cosmetics. Uh, I will be looking forward to the grind from 20 to 30 in Athena's Fortune because I have not had a grind in a very long time. I have not had anything to grind towards since uh, the Emissary Ledgers uh, came out with the Emissary system. System where everything got bumped up from 50 to 75 and from 10 to uh, 20. Um, so I'm just, I'm bummed about this, man. Uh, I, I seriously feel like this was Emporium content that got pulled over. When have they, when, I, I just don't ever, I don't see a costume being the end result of this. I think, I think there was such a better choice that they could have gone with. I would have much rather have had the uh, Mysterious Strangers outfit as the rewards. You know, if, if let, let me look like, uh, let me look like George, you know, or Gloria. And, and give me that opportunity to, to wear their outfits um, and look like them in this instance. But the ancients, I get it. They're tied to Ramsey. They're, they're working to try and save uh, the fate of Sea of Thieves for what it is right now. And that's awesome. But 
boy, I don't like these. Uh, I don't like these livery sets at all. I think they look gauche. If, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't like them. If you do like them, awesome. Good for you. I like that they're Mayan aesthetic because it, it kind of reminds me of some of the really, like the sword for this is really cool because it is very much like a, a Mayan sword where it is just a stick of wood with a bunch of really sharp chiseled arrowheads stuck in them. And it was more of like a beat stick than actually like a sword. <laughs> but it's... uh. It's funny because it's kind of it's kind of scratching at something where um, it's a little bit manifest destiny in a sense. And, and I think I'm kind of pulling that from American history more than I am like the Mayan one. But Spanish conquistadors invaded uh, Mexico, Central America um, and, and I believe South America. I could be wrong on my history on that. Someone else is going to know this better than I will. So I'm gleaming off of what I recall. Uh, but they came in and they they basically inserted the themselves as gods uh bringing with them like their steel their guns and their diseases to the the mayan tribes at the time and a lot of people died as a result of of common cold <laughs> a lot of people died of disease a lot of people died uh for for gold that the spanish were hunting down and you know, not the not the brightest time for Spanish, uh, this this for Spain. I'm gonna be honest, but then again, I, I can't really say that anyone uh, who's ever excelled in anything has ever uh, done it without any kind of bloodshed. Um, but it definitely seems like it's the ancients, which is like a Mayan civilization or a Mayan aesthetic with the the look that they have, versus the flame heart controlled Spanish conquistadors of the time. And it's just a it's 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 a cool nod to history. It's a weird nod for us to be fighting on either side of it because it's just it's a I don't know it's a weird thing. And again, I just I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like the Mayan colors in general just pop a lot more. You know, they're a lot more vibrant, and these just look really kind of desaturated. And I really wish they weren't. I wish they popped. I wish that they were a lot more bright and I wish I didn't feel like this was an Emporium set that was pulled in at last minute. If we're getting on on this, if I'm going to continue on with this, I feel like I have to address the Dark Adventurer set um, because I do feel like the Dark Adventurer set was saved for something else and that it was brought in as a quick fix for uh, a gold dump because it's something that we had been talking about for a while. Um, and I feel like that set, given the nature of it, the look of it, it is literally Athena's fortune themed, but it's just a dark version of the Athena fortune stuff. I very much feel like the Dark Adventurer set was something that was intended for Athena 20 to 30 and that the uh that the ancients and the the veil of ancients was intended to be a costume and livery set that was going to be offered in the emporium at the same time that Athena cap was raised from 20 to 30 and the dark adventurer set was going to be the new ghostly set uh, where people are working towards unlocking the reputation levels but because emissaries came in in the state that they did so many people had grinded from 10 to 20 in such a fast fashion that they were hesitant to do something where they were going to give the dark adventurer set out as the rewards if they hadn't worked the math out correctly and anticipated the amount of attention in the, the the quickness that people were going to be grinding from Athena 20 to 30. 
I hope that Athena 20 to 30 is a good grind because they they botched Athena Emissary when it came out, which is why it got nerfed into the ground and why so many people got it so quickly because it was just it was rewarding too much reputation uh, and so many people were able to finish it within the first two weeks that it really didn't give anyone a sense of of uh, of. I don't even know what it is, but they, they didn't feel like they really earned anything. They may have earned it, but they, they didn't feel like it was something that was lauded after the way like 10, 1 to 10 was when you were trying to get your, your ghostly hat. So uh, that's kind of where I'm, I feel like things are going. I could be 100% wrong. This is all, all speculation at this point. I have no idea um, why they decided to go this route. But I do feel like that there was something that they did that caused them to decide that the Athena's ancient stuff was going to be the the reward for ten to or twenty to thirty, and I just I'm just not a fan, man. I feel like twenty to thirty should have been the Dark Adventurer set. I think a lot of people would have lauded, uh, would have would have praised Rare for picking that set and being like, yes, that is. That is how you know a true pirate legend, the one that is out there in the Dark Adventure set. Instead of yes, you know the you know the real pirate legends because they're the ones that had thirty thousand gold or or fifty thousand or fifty million gold uh, to be able to buy the entire Dark Adventure set in one shebang because they've been playing forever and they didn't have a good gold dump in the game prior. So i don't know those are kind of my my harsh thoughts in in the instance um i'm very curious to see how the pirate legend voyage is actually going to turn out i think there are some big things on the horizon that are coming that might actually be something that pirates have been asking for since the beginning of the game uh a lot of people have been talking about this so it would be remiss of me to not talk about it so let me take a break and we'll jump into captaincy So many people have noticed that there have been some uh, load on details or LOD issues in the game recently. If you don't believe me, there's been some really weird lights that have been out near Sea Dog Tavern uh, that are just chilling. Like it's a, a ship that you can see in the distance, but there's not actually a ship. But there's lights that are glowing on the <laughs> above the water that look like the lights that you would normally see on like a galleon. Um, if you were to look at a galleon's lights, I feel like that's where they line up. Uh, I haven't, you know, I actually should take a galleon out there and see if I can line them up myself. Uh, but yeah, out by Sea Dog's Rest, there's like five or six lights and they're just in the middle of the ocean floating for no reason. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but some people are thinking that there's, there's possibility that it's tied to some LOD issues that are going on in the game right now where players have been seeing, um, especially on the back of a sloop, the naming crest that is on a galleon above the captain's cabin. There for a long time has been a, uh, a nameplate for the ship. Um, and if you've ever seen the killer whale, if you were there during the time that it was over at Reaper's Hideout before Reaper's Hideout was named, uh, there was the wreck of the killer whale. Or if you've gone and checked out the wreck of uh, the magpie's wing or um, what's the other one? I'm trying to think the, the fate of the morning star. Um, the nameplate on galleons has always been there, but never been utilized. It was originally going to be something that came after the game launched 
alongside pirate legend content uh before the 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 reviews came in before the the news pundits got their hands on sea of thieves um they had plans for a captaincy and pets update those were the two big goals for sea of thieves when the game launched um the game launched and in the state that it was everyone said it's got good bones but there's not enough stuff to do so rare scrapped everything all of their plans uh captaincy pets everything and they got to work on three major updates for the first year with a fourth coming towards the end the first one that they got was the hungering deep the second one we got was cursed sails and the third that we got was forsaken shores and each of those were very ambitious content updates and ever since the december 2018 video where mike chapman talks about captaincy and being able to have your ship uh personal to yourself so that you know it and everyone else knows it uh that has always been held over over rare's head like damascus damascus blade damascus what is his name i'm gonna look it up i found it it's it's a uh, democles's sword uh an Im- imminent impending an eventual trouble danger or disaster it's a greek mythology thing I, I i knew what i was talking about i couldn't remember the name of it so it's uh democles's bl- sword uh that is hanging over the head of rare at this point called captaincy and this has been something that they have had to deal with since 2018 and it's crazy to think that given some of the changes that we've seen in the world um some of the the things that have recently come out as a result of uh the music video that showed a a a structure at at an outpost that we've never seen before that looked new and fresh um but we had no idea what it was going to be intended for the fact that we've seen recent uh lod images of sloops brigs and galleons having uh the the nameplate that is on the galleon that isn't used on those ships uh where it's showing on the back of a sloop and where it's showing on the back of a galleon where it's showing on the back of a brig um given the the kind of combination of some of the different things that we're seeing in the game there's been a lot of talk about is this the teases are these the uh the workings of rare finally working on a way for ships to be named towards a captaincy update which could be the case could very well be the case if anything i definitely think we're going to be getting something that will help kind of expand the customization of ships i think that's something that they they know we want in the game i know it's something that we've been asking for one of the original ideas for sea thieves was to have uh, picture frames of uh, screenshots in the captain's cabin that you could pick up and show to people or give to other people uh, and you would have to straighten them out if, if you were in a storm lots of ideas on how they can actually customize things on the ship um, i am still wanting uh, uh closing doors on the galleon i still think that's something that i would love to have um I, I, I love the idea of them doing captaincy because I think once they do it, people will finally be able to say that it's out and they can stop complaining about it not being out and start complaining about it being out in the state that they don't like it, which is a much different thing than them just saying Rare never fulfills their promises. It's like, okay, well, they fulfilled their promise. It's just not the promise that, that you wanted. Um, but the, it's something that Mike Chapman has said they've wanted to do. They still plan on doing it. It's just a matter of when, not if. I think we're finally getting it. Um, And I think it's in season seven. Uh, And I think that we're going to be seeing this as a result of these new structures. And 
some of the other things that we've seen, and actually I can't believe I even, I almost forgot to talk about this. Every single outpost right now has an additional dock and the additional dock is been benign to use a word that I used earlier uh, for the longest time. Some of them you can sail up to and unload from. They're, they're pretty good at that, like the one at Dagger's Tooth Outpost, uh, but many of them are unused. Until recently, this update came with a change. There are now wheelbarrows full of rope uh, with additional planking and a workbench with tools on these new planks. Uh, by, by each of the docks, there is a large uh, mast that is just kind of propped up against the actual island. Um, and if you go to the, the music video uh, that had the actual structure in it, um, this, and I believe that was actually a video that was for, oh gosh, was that for the, I think it was the, the, uh, February 14th of Valentine's day stuff. Let me see if I can take a look here. Yes. So it was the, it had to be you, uh, see these music video. And that was for the, uh, the February 14th. Um, and it had, uh, the, the man and the dog kind of, uh, being pals forever and, and, and very much happy with each other's company. And in the background of that video, you can see there is a large mast with a new wooden structure on docks on sanctuary outposts that are not currently being used. So given the LOD issues that we've seen where ships are loading in that apparently have nameplate placards that aren't aren't typically used in any instance of any ship ever except for some of the story ships that we've seen with the magpie's wing the fate of the morning star and uh the killer whale it seems like we're finally getting that ca that captaincy update and i'm so happy that that is going to be something that comes to the game i love when the outposts evolve i love seeing changes to them i think it's something that needs to happen more often uh we were all very very interested to find out what was happening when we found the uh the strangers uh or the castaways not the strangers the castaways uh building I was very bummed that you couldn't go into the captain, the the castaways uh, building. I am also very bummed that uh, that that we don't actually get to see um, uh, Tia Doma's uh, outfit when she's like in her dress. After we've already kind of revealed that it's her, it's always so weird to me that um, she's in her outfit. Uh, but I understand like if you're if you're jumping into the Sea of Thieves with someone who's never done a uh, Pirate's Life Tall Tales. If they see Tia Doma in her normal dress and they haven't done the Tall Tales, then they're going to know it's her. And there's a really cool kind of reveal, uh, even though it should, if you're a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean and you're playing a Pirates game and you haven't done the Pirate's Life Tall Tales and you go through them, you should know right off the bat that that the stranger is Tia Doma in disguise. And if you don't, I'd be very surprised. But if you have been playing Sea of Thieves and you're not a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean, then it shouldn't matter either way because you you shouldn't be too privy as to who uh, Tia Doma is. So... I don't know. Maybe it's something that could happen for folks that actually have completed the Tall Tales to 100% completion. It unlocks Tia Doma's uh, dress form where you actually get to see her in her normal getup as opposed to the, the hooded uh, stranger figure who always is kind of acting like she doesn't know who you are, which is always still kind of a weird rel relevancy issue with Sea of Thieves. It's like you, you do all these things, you fight all these battles and uh, you know, World of Warcraft has the same issue. You know, you, you're you're the slayer of dragons. You're the saver of worlds. You're the veteran of the fourth war. And yet 
you go somewhere and someone's like, hey, I need you to go kill like 10, 10 kobolds or, or 20 murlocs and bring their eyes to me. And it's like, do you know what I've done? I've defeated Arthas. Like, give me some credit here. Give me, have me do something that's of importance as opposed to like, oh, I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta go do a bunch of random junk for people. It's the problem with most voyages and most MMOs. And in Sea of Thieves, uh, I'm, I'm starting to notice this as well too, where people come up and, and they're just like, oh, hey, you know, pirate, we need you to go do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, do you know I actually stopped the gold hoarder twice? Did you know that I actually defeated uh, Davy Jones and sent him to the, to, to the Fairy of the Damned? Like, I made it back from the Fairy of the Damned. You want me to go do what? <laughs> like, there's there's no recognition outside of Ramsey's being like, oh, you're a pirate legend. Congratulations, pirate legend. And I'm like, cool. What does it mean to be pirate legend? Uh, I'm going to need you to go get a whole bunch of uh, plants and rum from this person and then deliver them to this other person. And I'm like, dude, I'm a pirate legend. Why am I delivering plants for people? So... It's a weird, it's a weird thing. I don't know why I got off on this random tangent. I don't even remember where I was going with this. Oh, we were talking about captaincy. So yeah, I'm <laughs> talking about relevancy. Uh, let's talk about captaincy and how having a ship uh, with your name on it should mean something to someone, but whether or not it's actually going to mean anything to anyone outside of who you are. Um, I want to know if this is something that's actually going to be on the ship. If you name your ship, what kind of naming conventions are they going to put in place to prevent people putting uh, obscene things on there? Or are we just going to find um, people saying like, this is uh, uh, not, not an arena ship or something? Like, are they just going to put stupid names on there? Which I'm assuming they will do because people are already putting obscene themes on maps using the markers. So I don't know why it would stop anyone from naming their ship uh, the 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 peen lord or something you know like th th there's something that someone will say on a ship name that will be offensive and i'm sure they'll probably get banned for it or they'll get a uh you know a, a, a temporary ban or something like that or it'll go against the code of conduct for microsoft and they'll lose their account because they wanted to be childish about it uh but i just i just know that a lot of folks have names for their ships I've had a name for my ship. It's not something I practice because I don't have a reason to practice it. Uh, but the name of my ship has always been The Sitting Duck because it's just funny. Uh, there's a lot of crews out there that have names for their crew and their, their ship. And to reflect that is something that a lot of pirates have wanted. You know, that's it's why we have names like the Flying Dutchman and uh, the Black Pearl. You know, there's there's so many pirates in history and in, uh, in, in, in stories and stuff where they have names for their ships and stuff. So a captaincy update is a great way to kind of reward players with giving them that tool. If it shows up on maps, I think it would be cool to, to start learning names of crews based on the ship name, uh, but have that be something that is only discoverable if you've actually been able to see the nameplate and you can actually kind of like like here's here's the thing that i would love if i'm again if we're going back to to logan is king of the day for sea of thieves have the captaincy system where the map like already and and i forgive me if you're not a harry potter fan because this this might go over your head here but uh as a as a huge harry potter fan i have always loved the idea of the marauders map the sea of thieves map is effectively the marauders map for sea of thieves you can see ships when you're a reaper 
you can see alliance ships when they're alliance dump with you. Um, you can see islands and stuff like that. The only thing you can't see is like the storm and different events that are going up and where they're at. But you can kind of gauge that based off the direction that they're in. I would love it if you could see a ship now i don't know how this would work it might just be something that works only for alliances or only for reaper ships or something like that but i would love it if you come into contact with a ship that ship has earned the right to captaincy they have named their ship based on using the captaincy cosmetic system that is going to be brought in. Once you have seen that ship and identified it with its name, that ship is now labeled whenever you see it in range. And that way you can look on the Marauders map and see where that ship is. So that ship names start to gain infamy the way Pirate Legends gained infamy when people started seeing Pirate Legends ships out there during the first year. I know this is kind of sounding like an uh, old man on his porch yells at kids to get off their lawn thing, but a lot of my references come from year one because that was genuinely when a lot of the community was purely based on the joy of playing the game because we didn't have a whole lot to really do. So the people that were there were the hardcores, the, the, the people that were like, I don't need a lot of content. I'm content with the content that we have, and I trust Rare to, to follow through with bringing more content to the game. And they stuck with it. So sorry if a lot of my references come from there, but that was genuinely a joyous year of content growth for the game and involvement with a community that was dedicated to seeing this game through. Um, so I, I feel like as King of the Day, I want players to be able to track each other and use the map to more to a more fuller extent so that you can start to see around like, oh, well, where is the sitting duck right now? Like, I haven't seen them in a while, so they've they faded from the map. But if I come into contact with again with them again and I can scope in using my spyglass and I can read the name on their their ship and I can see the flag of the of the sitting duck, then they're shown on my map for a certain amount of time and they're they're labeled there and I can actually keep track of them for a while until a cooldown happens where after an hour of not seeing them their ship fades out into view and I've lost track of them you know so many of of what piracy was back in the day especially the pirate hunters uh they you could see ships for a long period of time you could keep track of them for days because the horizon <laughs> was just flat you know you could see ships for a, a large distance they're big ships there's nothing else going on in the world so you just sailed with the same wind that the people ahead of you were using and you just kept track of them I think some Something like that for captaincy would be great you could see a ship it would label it on your map you could keep track of it until a certain time where you lost track of it because you weren't following it around and that way you could start to learn names of the ships and you could start to learn names of the crews and you could start attributing that to social media you could start bringing it out and say like oh yeah i was i was following around the sitting duck or the crew of the black rose for uh two hours one day trying to find out um you know where they were going to try and get their treasure or or I had the I had the sitting duck, uh, you know, chasing after me until I, I finally ditched him in the in the devil's shroud, uh, and and I lost my reaper flag. But you know, it was it was worth it because I denied all the treasure to them and stuff. You know, like things like that would be great because you're starting to learn the names of different crews, and those crews start to earn renown. That right now is just a word that's used for seasonal progress. What do you guys think?
Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. It's been a long one. There was a lot to cover. Um, I really wanted to get something out earlier so that folks could make sure they log in for the uh, Pirate Legend event so they could get their silver eye patch. Hopefully, if you're a Pirate Legend uh, and, and you, you logged in during this weekend, you've been paying attention to social media, you've been keeping up with the podcast, uh, then you'll you'll enjoy this. I got a lot of good feedback, a lot of uh, uh, from last episode where I talked about uh, the faction war and the Shrouded Ghost and it moving between then. Um, I love hearing from you guys about that stuff. So, so thank you for reaching out with your thoughts and feelings about that, even if we didn't agree. Because one of the nice things is that if, if you don't agree with me, then at least you feel strongly enough about the game that you care to have an opinion about it too uh which i guess makes sense if you're listening to a podcast about the game is you have an opinion about it and you want to listen to someone else talk about it so i'm looking forward to captaincy i hope rare takes this into consideration as they work on it i'm sure they've already got their good their their plans in place um but I, I hope they're kind of listening to some of the chatter that's going on about the possibility of this and what it is, uh, especially if they if they made it through this episode and they didn't shut it off after I complained about the fact that I think that the ancients uh, cosmetics and stuff are just Emporium content dragged in uh, as a result of them releasing the Dark Adventure set too early. But I think that's going to do it for this episode. So, Pirates, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I do actually, now that I think about it, I remember I was actually on uh, the Apple podcast the other day and I was I was checking my podcast to see uh, if I'd missed any reviews. And sure enough, I missed a review. So I wanted to, to shout out uh, whoever it is that just has the the, pod, the the actual account that says just I like it. Uh, they put on March 25th, uh, five stars. Oh, my God, guys, we found the best podcast and four exclamation marks after that, which I thought was very generous, uh, all things considered. So thank you to just I like it. If you want to put a five star review on the podcast, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, apparently, this is the best podcast and they found it so i'm glad that you found this i'm glad that you're enjoying sea of thieves uh spotify also has five star reviews as well too we're doing really well over there you guys have been amazing with the support i would love to get any kind of feedback either in the uh discord channel uh or over at uh the the podcast uh email over at captain logan at c-a-p-t-l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com uh or over on twitter at c-a-p-t uh, underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter if you want to reach out there as I look at the Discord to see if there was anything that I might have missed as far as feedback. Um, do, 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 do. Nope, looks like everything is good. So thank you for your feedback, guys. Love you all. And uh, I think that's going to do it. So Pirates, thank you. I love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Effect series, and are you looking to learn even more about Mass Effect? The things that you didn't even know that you didn't know? Well, this is your host, 
Tom, or robots, and me and my co-host N7Legend do a show called The Mass Effect Lorecast. It is available on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this right now. We also do it live on twitch.tv slash robotsradio, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific on Sunday nights. So go look it up right now, The Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to have you join us. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. Since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.